0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Well, good morning, everyone in Chicago and to everyone in our online family. God bless you. So excited to be coming to you here from our other campus in Philadelphia. Come on, let's praise the Lord. We are one church in two cities, and God is doing a new thing and some powerful things. And I'm so excited to be starting a new series titled Live in the Dream. In the world People, when you ask them, people love to say, how you doing? People love to say, I'm living the dream. And what they mean by I'm living the dream is that everything is going right for me. And I'm doing exactly what I want to do. But in the kingdom of God, living the dream means I'm walking out his plan. I'm walking out his purpose. And I am progressing and prospering in the call of God. How many want to progress and prosper in the call of God? Here in Philadelphia and there in Chicago and online. How many know God wants to grow us and use us for his glory? And so we're going to spend a number of weeks focusing on a key life in the scriptures that will teach us how to live out the dream of God. And let me tell you, if you just gave your heart to the Lord, and over the last couple of weeks, we've had well over 100 people, maybe 150 people, plus over 60 or 70 children give their lives to Jesus. If you just gave your heart to the Lord in Chicago, here in Philadelphia, this is the perfect series for you. Because I want to tell you right from the start... God has a plan for your life. God has a dream for your life. And you're going to learn how to live out the dream through this series on the life of Joseph. Can I tell you, we started, we started the year with basically two key themes. On Vision Sunday, we said that we are believing for God for his two wonderful In the scriptures, the Bible says, is anything too hard for God or is anything too wonderful for God? It's the same word, two sides of the same coin. And we are believing for God's wonderful. How many want to believe for God's wonderful in this place? Amen. We're believing for the wonderful of God. And this series is about pursuing God's wonderful, cooperating with God's wonderful for your life. In addition to that, we also are learning and we're committed to this is part of the theme of this year, is that we are going to learn and live and give our way into the fullness of the plan of God. So this series puts both of those themes together. God's wonderful and learning. And today we start and living the dream of God. So we're going to be talking about the life of Joseph. And we'll be turning in a moment to Genesis chapter 37. But let me tell you something unique about the life of Joseph. In the life of Joseph... God's hidden hand arranges everything without show or explanation or violating the nature of things. So even though we are people of great faith, we believe in the miraculous intervention of God. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the nearness and in the glory of God in our lives all the time. Amen. That's what we believe. However... We walk by faith and not by sight. And one of the things that you see is that God gives Joseph a dream, and then he keeps on working, but without necessarily, like, doing a bunch of miracles. Sometimes the people of God feel like God is not there when there are not just one miracle after the other every single day. And I'm not here to belittle miracles, but what I am here is to help build up your faith that God is always near and God is always working. So this is one of the things that you're going to see throughout the whole story. And I want to encourage everyone to read through the life of Joseph many, many times as the weeks unfold. And so let's begin to pray, I mean to read, and then we will pray Genesis chapter 37. And we're only going to read the first five verses Uh, And and let me say one other thing before I read. Introductory messages are the most challenging for me because I need to give you the big picture and yet make some key applications. And so that's what today is going to be all about. All right, let's get into it. The Bible says, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed in the land of Canaan. Now, I want to pause right there to give you some background. What I want you to know is that Jacob is currently living in a place that is an expression and part of the fulfillment of a dream that God gave to his father Abraham. They were in the land of Canaan and part of the dream of God for Jacob's life and for his son's life is that they would occupy the promised land. And so one of the important things for us to understand, and we'll, we're going to hit this real hard in a moment, but God's dream is about you, but it's also bigger than you. We are links in the chain, and God has a lot of things uh, to do, not just in us, but through us, and not just for us, but for others. And so Jacob is in the land that his father stayed in because his father started to live the dream. And if you live the dream today, you're going to help your children and you're going to help someone else's dream tomorrow. This is a big deal. This was crucial. When you and I are in the right place at the right time in the call of God in our lives, we are setting it up for those who follow us. Parents, if you're in the will of God today, You're helping your children to become tomorrow. So Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed in the land of Canaan. And this is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Joseph was a tattletale. Um, when uh, He was the baby in the family, and Joseph was a tattletale. And it also says, now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornament, uh, an, an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that his father loved him more than any of them, They hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Let me stop here and can I tell you something? One of the themes of this series will touch on the fact that just because you don't come from a perfect family doesn't mean that God doesn't have a very powerful dream. And the fact of the matter is is that foolish parents... Why was Jacob foolish is because he favored one of his kids. But foolish parents can have a very dramatic impact on their children. We've got to be godly, spirit-filled parents. Here it was, his brothers hated him because of favoritism. But verse 5 is the key. It says, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more when he told it to his brothers they hated him all the more now the key words in this is that joseph had a dream and here is what i want to declare to you in chicago and i'm if you're watching online i'm telling you i've been praying for this moment of this series everyone in this room right now Okay, this is simple, but it's true. This is true since the beginning of time. And here it is. If you have a heart for God, God has a dream for you. If you have a heart after God, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have. If you have a heart for God, God has a dream for you. doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter, you know, the time that you've wasted because the time is now, brothers and sisters. And you can get a hold of the dream of God right here and right now. So let me tell you something about God's dream. First of all, God's dream is bigger than you. It's a lot bigger than what you think. It's a lot bigger than what you want. It's a lot bigger than what you desire. And therefore, we've got to yield to God's dream above our dream. Number two, God's dream will always develop you. It develops you. It grows you. So God's dream is not always you just having fun on the beach and going surfing like, it, like they do in the movies. God's dream wants to grow you and strengthen you, strengthen your character, strengthen your faith, strengthen your impact on on the people around you, strengthen your contribution to his eternity. And lastly, God's dream is best for you. I was just speaking to a young man who was sharing with me how what they thought when they were in high school was the dream is not even appealing to them now that they're approaching 30 years old. God knows best. Everyone say God knows best. So you and I need to understand that if we will go after him in every generation, Abraham came from a family of idolaters. But God looked at his heart and said, there's a heart that will respond to me. And then Isaac responded to God. And then Jacob, there were two brothers, Jacob and Esau. Esau was a man of the flesh. Esau was a man of pleasure. Esau was everything now, whatever I want. But Jacob was chasing the dream. He was full of mistakes. He, he was a, a bit of a, a, a flim-flam con artist. But no matter what, if you have a heart for God... God has a dream for you. So I want to pray. I want to pray for everyone in this room. I want to pray for every single person watching online or who will, who will come on and watch this sermon. I'm telling you right now, everyone in Chicago, wipe out all of the excuses. God is bigger than you, more powerful than you, more able than you are. And I'm telling you, all you have to do is have a heart for God, a heart after God. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So come on, everyone, lift your hands with me. Everyone in Chicago, everyone here in Philadelphia, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you. We thank you because you are all-knowing. You are all-powerful. You are all-wise. And you are able, God, to craft a perfect, pleasing will for each one of us. And Lord, as that unfolds, it works together, not only for our good, but for your glory. And God, I pray today that you would help us to push past any unbelief Help us to push past, Lord, any, any commitment to ourselves, God. We want to break free from all of those things. And we want to live for you and surrender to you and serve you, Lord Jesus. We want to live your dream above our dream. So teach us. Show us how to live, learn, live, and give our way into experiencing your wonderful for our lives. Do it by your mighty power in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's children said, amen Amen. Amen. and amen. And you know, uh, before I I unpack this, there was one thing I wanted to say um, at the beginning of this message. We had over 150 people give their lives to Christ. And... Um, And I just got word that we currently have 66 people signed up to be baptized. It's going to take us three or four services to baptize people. Come on, let's praise God for that. 66 people are going to get baptized. And can I tell you something? One of your first steps of obedience after you accept Jesus and living the dream is to get baptized. There's a blessing that comes upon your life. There's a power that comes upon your life when you obey the Lord and you make that public confession going down in the waters, coming up and saying, I have a new life in Jesus. So I want to encourage you. How do you start living the dream when you're a baby Christian? You get baptized. It's step number one. And the statistics show that people who get baptized and obey God that quickly, they are in the kingdom of God. Many years later, people who get baptized stick it it out with God. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Now, here's the kind of overarching theme of the day. If you want to live out God's dream, the dream requires faith in his fulfilling power. So if you walk away with only one thing, here's the key, and you see this in Joseph's life. And it's important that, that you remember that God gave Joseph this supernatural dream. And then even though God was always with him, after the supernatural dream, you don't necessarily hear about God in the, in the um, supernatural sense. He was working and he was present all the time. But what you don't see is that God was intervening all the time by breaking the laws of nature. And so even though we believe God for miracles, when you believe God, you just believe that God is with you and that God has the faith to fulfill the dream that he has. Everyone say, I believe believe. God can fulfill his dream for me. Come on, say it again. I believe that God can fulfill his plan for me that's what this message and this series is all about. You got to believe. You got to have faith in the fulfilling power of God. And so the title of my message is dreamers believe that God will do it. Anybody here believe that God will do it? Dreamers believe. You got to keep believing that God will do it. God is working right now in your life, and God is moving right now in your life, whether you discern him or not. If God saved you, he called you, and when he called you he had a dream for your life hallelujah but it's going to take faith in his unseen hand strategically guiding you into the perfect will and purpose of God it will require faith faith believes that God is here and God is working right now so let's look at the two key application faith lessons of the first message first of all You've got to believe, faith believes, the dreamer believes that God is working now. Everyone say God is working now. Yes, God is working now. And what that means is that faith honors time. When you really believe that God is working now, it means that you honor time. You see, what we learn about living the dream is that Joseph was was acting out a life of faith regardless of difficult circumstances. And so the the plan of God is happening right here, right now. And here's two ways that we want to apply it in Chicago and in Philadelphia First of all, we want to apply it by focusing on children. Can I tell you, Joseph was 17 years old when God gave him the dream. Many people believe that David was a shepherd boy from the time he was an early teen, and he started writing Psalms since he was a young teenager. Most commentators believe that Mary when she was spoken to by the angel and she received the, uh, the seed of the Holy Spirit, the Son of God in her womb, they believe she was like 14 or 15 or 16 years old. The Bible says, out of the mouth of babes, God has ordained praise. And can I tell you something, parents, this is very, very important to everyone who's listening to me. And this is very important to all of the children's workers here and anyone who wants to make an impact in the kingdom. God is able to have our kids grow up as kids and have fun, let your kids be kids. But God is also able to speak to our children in very uh, deep and powerful ways. And so I wanna encourage every parent here, take the discipleship, the dream of God, and the call of God upon your children's lives very seriously. Because the, the sooner our kids get serious about the word of God, about the voice of God, about the will and work of God, the better off that they will be. We have to build up our kids and honor them. And let me tell you, this past Tuesday, we had a powerful prayer meeting uh, um, in both churches. I was uh, Chrissy and I were in, uh, in Chicago. And at the end of the meeting, I got some pictures of what God was doing, not just with the adults but of what God was doing with our children. And let me give you a few pictures. Look at these pictures of how God was moving. Our kids were really seeking God and praying. Our kids were really reaching out to God and ministering to one another. The interesting thing is this, we have people in church right now, this is not a criticism because everyone's in their own stage as they walk with God, but we have people right now, they pray for five minutes and they're worn out because they don't have the spiritual muscles to pray and to worship, but you gotta grow those muscles. But guess what? We are raising up kids who will be able to pray against the difficult times that are being raised up by the enemy and by this world. You know why? Because they're gonna be able to tarry in the presence of God, because they're gonna, have, they're gonna be full of the word of God, because they can pray down the power of God. We're raising up Daniels. We're raising up Josephs. We're raising up mighty men and women of God. We must take the lives of our kids with Christ very, very seriously. And let me tell you something. The average child in Christian America, I'm talking about Christian kids. The average child in Christian America only goes to church once a month. And I wanna tell you, if you wanna raise up the next spirit-filled generation. We're committed to it. Teachers are committed to it. Leaders are committed to it. If you want to raise up the next spirit-filled generation, I want to encourage you, bring your kids to church. Amen. Don't let your kids miss out on the move of God. Do you know that God might speak to them while he's speaking to you in one of those services? From the beginning of time, the Lord told us to set aside time to seek him. Bring your kids to church. This is not about church attendance. This is about discipling your kids. A mediocre commitment today will bring a mediocre commitment tomorrow. But if you honor time today, I'm telling you right now, you'll rest in fulfillment tomorrow. You will see your kids serving God. You will see your kids praising God. Honor time today. Today is the day to bring in the church. Today is the day to pray with your kids. Today is the day to read the Bible with them. But you gotta honor time today. And we have to take the lives of our children very, very seriously when it comes to the call of God. So the first thing is this. Faith honors time in the little ones, but in our lives, Switching to all of the adults, faith honors time today in the here and in the now. Some people, and I've, I've, I've noticed that some people have taken an authority over their time that God has not given them. Okay, and they decide, well, I'm going to commit to that tomorrow. And I'm gonna focus on this godly thing tomorrow. How many know we gotta focus today because God is working today. Now is the time to learn how to pray. Now is the time to seek God. Now is the time, today is the time and the, and the season to start serving. Now is the time to start giving to the kingdom of God, giving sacrificially. Now is the time to start discipling people. Today is the time, brothers and sisters, to get Baptized. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the great thing about Joseph is that even though his circumstances, you're gonna see, as soon as we leave verse five, you're gonna see that Joseph was so challenged in so many ways. And remember, this first message is big picture. But Joseph went through so many things And the key thing with Joseph is that he kept on honoring the fact that God was working. In learn, live and give terms, Joseph never took off the yoke. He kept the yoke on and he allowed the Lord to lead him through days of loneliness, through days that felt like, where is God? through seasons of hardship and difficulty, he said, I may not feel him, I may not see him, but God has chosen me and God will use this day to, to strengthen me and to develop me because he has a dream for my life. Anybody here, can you get a hold of that kind of faith that even though you're like, Lord, there are things about the dream. Listen to me, there are things about the dream that you're like, Lord, you haven't fulfilled this dream in my life. You haven't done this for me. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for uh, uh, for this promotion. I've been waiting for this relationship. I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for that. And you're waiting. And I'm telling you right now, while you're waiting, don't let let your faith grow dim. Keep your faith strong and say, Lord, I know you're gonna fulfill it and it's gonna be beautiful and powerful and wonderful. I will not give up. I will treat this day and this moment as if you're working right now. That's the key. And you see that people who honor every day, they rest in that fulfillment. So don't belittle time by saying tomorrow. Don't go there. Today is the day to live for God, to serve God, to honor God, to do the next to take the next steps, okay? At your job, in your home, in your marriage, in your relationships, in regards to your physical body, in regards to your mind, in whatever God is dealing with you today. Today is the day to say, because I believe, I honor this moment and I'm gonna be a good steward of it. And let me tell you something, you're gonna rest in fulfillment tomorrow, hallelujah. So the thing, the key thing of this this whole story is you have to have faith that God will fulfill his plan for your life. And how does faith do that? Number one, faith honors time. And so when I first started in ministry, if they could send me a keyboard player, I remember go back to to when I first started preaching Sunday after Sunday. And it was, uh, we had just taken, Christy and I were married like two and a half years three years, and Tommy wasn't even born yet. I think she was pregnant with Tommy. And I remember calling Pastor Derso. We got voted into this church in Omaha. I was 28 years old. I was overwhelmed. It's a large church. I had little kids. It was just crazy, and Pastor Durso told me. He said, Al, your life is so weighty now. You have to get up extra early to seek God every day, every day. And um, the pressure, the stress, the demands are too great. You have to carve out time in the morning. And it was during that time that I was actually reading in Genesis. And I've preached the sermon. Maybe I'll preach it again. Where in Genesis it talks about how when God created the earth, he was watering the earth and, and, um, and everything that was needed in the earth to grow was already there. But it says, but God did not cause it all to grow yet because there wasn't a man to tend to the land yet. And I remember from that verse, God gave me this truth. Okay. Reaping, everybody say this with me. Reaping is reserved for the sower. Changed my life when it came to stewardship. Changed my life for waking up in the morning. Changed my life. Because I know that getting up early today, okay, and reading the Bible today. And when I read the Bible today, I wasn't even reading for this sermon. I was just reading for my own heart. But every day that I'm reading the Bible, that could be the day that God puts something, not, no, that is the day that God is putting something in my heart that I need. Okay? Today is the day to sow seeds of faith. Today is is the day to sow seeds of obedience, of love, of surrender. Today is the day. You don't have uh, power over yesterday and you have no power over tomorrow, but I'm telling you right now, you can seek him with all of your heart today. Today is the day. And when we seek him, I'm telling you, reaping is reserved for the sowers. What are you sowing today? So you gotta honor time. Second point, this is the second overarching faith. This will be the case through every sermon. Faith honors time. And then number two, you have to have the faith to push past the dreamless. You have to have the faith to push past the dreamless. I'm gonna tell you something. There will always be opposition from the dreamless. Every child of God that has uh, uh, the supernatural, eternal plan of God spoken over their life and working in their life is always surrounded by the dreamless. And you've got to... You've got to know what you're blocking in your life. Do you know what you need to block in your life? Because you got to know what you're blocking. you got to understand when something is coming against the dream of God in your life. And when it comes, you have to discern it. You don't have to talk about it, but you just have to resist that in the spirit, in the silence of your own soul. when, when, When dreamless people oppose you, you need to just stand in the spirit. You're not fighting with them. You're not arguing with them, but in your spirit, you say, I resist that. And here's what the dreamless do. Number one, the dreamless will always devalue living by faith. You're living by faith and they're making fun of that. You're living by faith and they call you foolish. It's not foolish to live by faith. Hallelujah. God loves when we live by faith. You're pleasing God when you live by faith. There's nothing foolish about it. Don't let anyone put your faith life down. You live by faith and God will honor you and God will bless you. God will single you out. You just have to wait and see the, the, the salvation and the deliverance and the fulfillment of God over your life. Don't let anyone devalue living by faith. I'm a pastor and it still happens all the time. The dreamless will always diminish the work of God. That doesn't work. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got you to join, uh, 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 you got to get more involved in politics and you got to get more involved in this and you got to, no, I'm telling you right now, you got to do the work of God. Do what God has called you to do. Work in the kingdom of God. Build the kingdom of God. Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And let me tell you, if you're building, if you're working for God, God will be working for you. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Listen, in the massive city of Chicago, you're working for God and God is working through you and for you. Don't let The voice, the spirit, the attitudes of the dreamless hold you back. (laughs) Lastly, the dreamless will consistently demean your dream. They put your dream down. God put something in your heart. And look, I'm not saying that you don't get confirmation of the call of God and of the will of God for your life. I'm not saying you write out what you want because then it's your dream instead of God's dream. God's dream has confirmation in it, okay? We've talked about this before. But the truth of the matter is, is you will consistently find, you can't do that, that's too much. That's too this, that's too that. No, he who began the good work in you will carry it on to completion. How many believe God can complete his dream for our lives regardless of where we go, regardless of where we are? How many believe God is able to do that by his mighty power? Hallelujah. Only your faith, which is built off of your closeness to Jesus, only that faith will overcome the opposition of the dreamless. And I'm telling you right now, can I tell you, if we listened to the dreamless, Chrissy and I would have never come to Chicago. People were like, hey, why don't you take this church? Why don't you take that church? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? There's this open door. Well, look, there could be 25 open doors right now. Things that you can do, things that you're gifted for, things that, that, that you're so capable of and will be easier and more pleasing. None of those things are better than God's dream for your life. Do not let any voice of the dreamless hinder your faith. Isaiah 7, 9 says this, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. How do you live the dream? You stand firm in your faith. You stand firm in your faith and you say, you know what? My life right now doesn't look like the beautiful Instagram life of some people, you know, the, 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 their, their Facebook life and all that. I'm talking about the faith life. And you might say, pastor, uh, but you don't understand. I've been waiting for the dream of God. Listen to me, child of God. God is faithful. You need to say in your spirit, God is faithful. God, I believe. Jesus, I believe. You will not let me down. No one who looks to him, it says in Psalm 25, will ever be put to shame. Hallelujah. Wherever you are and you have faith, you will not be put to shame. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But you gotta say, I believe in the dream of God. There's so many little things, little ways that we could just honor God. I'll close with this. You know, my dad was not a believer, but his life gave me faith because I understood in a way better than my dad. But there was something inside of him that he would go to work at five in the morning. He would get dressed up, change in the factory. It was so dangerous. He would carry this big knife shopping bag because it was so dangerous in our neighborhood. He would go to work. He would come back 4.30 every day. Every day. And... Um, I remember Thursdays, my dad would come home and he would take his small check my dad never made in his whole life. I don't think he ever made more than $30,000 a year. But he'd take that check, he would put it on the washing machine and he would say to my mom, he would say, pay the bills. And he just... I used to marvel because what made my dad different is he was so steady in what he felt he was supposed to do. Steady, steady, steady. And I remember being a little kid, and forgive me for the personal reference, but I remember being a little kid and saying to my dad, dad, um, can you take me over here in your car? And my dad said to me, he said, son, This is your car too, but you just can't drive it yet because what's mine is yours. And so that was his stewardship. His stewardship was to serve our family and to labor for our good. And it was crazy because while all of the kids in the neighborhood were doing drugs and getting in jail and all of the things. For some reason, even though we weren't serving God, God kept us. Because I knew that I knew, I got this from my dad, that he had a sense of purpose. His purpose was to live right for his family. He's gone on now. And then I become a Christian and I realize there's a bigger purpose than that. There's a bigger dream than that, as powerful as that is. There's so much more. And I'm telling you right now, your life, God's dream for your life, if you'll just be faithful to God, God's dream for your life is so huge, it's so big, it's so powerful. But you gotta yield by faith to the dream.